Hey everyone, welcome to Quotes and Stuff with the Kennedy Bros, the podcast where three brothers talk about movies, comics, pop culture, and stuff while adding our own quoting flair. This is your host, Nate. This is TJ. And I'm Christian. Before we go any further, there are time codes in the description if you want to jump around to different parts of our episode. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is how this week's going to go. We're going to kick it off with our opening question. Then we're going to follow that by revealing the quote from last week. Then we're going to play the quote for this week. After that, we're going to talk about Miss Marvel Episode 4 for a bit, and then we're going to end it, up, end it off with our topic. Christian, hit us up with that opening question. Okay, so what is your, fa- or what is your least favorite natural disaster? Now, I, I, I'm sure that there's no favorite natural disaster, right? <laughs> Against um, all of them. Uh, right? Just because, yeah, not the most pleasant thing. So, like, if you were caught up in one of these natural disasters, which one would be, like, the bottom of the list? Not that any, yeah, not that anyone is good, but. I, I think for me, and I can start it off, is, is a tornado. Because tornado, I think, is the least likely one you survive. As soon as you're sucked up, you're done. You're toast. Uh, some debris is going to hit you because you can't get down. You have no control. You're at the whim of the storm. I think so your body of- is actually going to be. It, will it not be just like like ripped apart because the wind is moving so fast? It depends on how far down you go. So if you get like too far into it, then yeah, I feel but like usually, yeah. From what I under, from what I've read on the subject, which hasn't been much, <laughs> but probably more than your normal person would. <laughs> what actually kills you in the tornado is uh, the debris. So somebody who gets oh, sucked into a tornado, okay, okay. they get hit in the head by something before their body ever gets like ripped apart or something like that and neither pleasant i would just hope actually be ripped apart sooner so it'd be a quick you know quick death i don't want to be i don't want to be in there too long (laughs) the only time i've uh if anyone's looking for a movie where someone gets ripped apart by a tornado the only one that i've seen is uh mission to mars uh some of the astronauts get uh caught up in a tornado and they it kind of a gruesome sad death Oof. Well, there's, there's also the i don't think any of us have seen it but there's the movie twister which is about tornadoes so i'm sure someone's oh. got to die in a death oh and bike. sharknadoes see remember oh. sharknado that's also, why i'm uh, i think also, it's a little bit different uh also man of steel remember clark kent's dad he gets toasted by the tornado i mean they're in the midwest so yeah that's true more tornado uh, more tornadoes out there than you think uh, in the movies so <laughs> Look right, behind Nate. your door. It's a tornado. <laughs> Nate, what do you got for us? For me, I'm going to say a, a tsunami. So, uh, you know, there's earthquakes. Oh, I imagine or what I know of a tsunami is a tsunami is basically an earthquake, but over water. Um, I'm yeah, the thinking, tectonic sorry. plates shift underneath the water instead of underneath, uh, you know, basic land. Is what I remember from my elementary school years. Yeah. <laughs> uh. See, my, my mind's flashing right now to like 2012 and like the day after oh, tomorrow, yeah. every disaster <laughs> yeah. movie, because it's like, okay, what natural disasters are there? But I think with the tsunami, like, even if you're not in the heart of it, it's like, you got nowhere to go. You're, you're stuck in water and it's like, you get splashed underneath, you could get sucked all the way down, you get ripped apart by a wave, you could get eaten by an underwater animal. A like, shark, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like if a tsunami's coming and you're on water, which I guess is kind of what happens in 2012 is they're on a boat. But the tsunami's coming. Like, there's nothing to do except just wait it out to die. So it's like, there's not a good chance. And even if you do survive the tsunami, like, you're in the middle of the ocean. Like, what do you do? Like, you're screwed anyways. And that's like another, that's one of my least favorite survival uh, situations stuck in the middle of the ocean. Because it's like, you're you're just screwed. So 
I don't know. There, there, there doesn't seem to be to be much uh, hope with the tsunami, and also getting hit by a tsunami on land, I think, also would be pretty bad. I'm thinking more you're in the water, but for the most part, there, there's just no way out with a tsunami. Like if you're on like a like a ship or a boat, right? Like they were. I think it was in 2012, right, where the guy's dad is on a boat. He's a piano player on the boat or something, and the, there's a huge wave that comes and just totally annihilates the the cruise ship. I'm like, ooh, that would be that would be bad. Though, Nate, I will have to say, some great surf with that tsunami. I mean, you're going, <laughs> you're going out like in style. That's what I do. Like, okay, I'm going to grab the board, hit the surf, you know, surf that 100-foot-plus wave, and then die. So, uh, or survive. A, if you can, oh, if you can oh, ride the wave, you're going to live. <laughs> Maybe that's the only way to survive the tsunami. You blow out the surfboard, you start riding it, and you're in, the, in for the ride of your life. <laughs> you but are. if you can ride it out... You'll live. <laughs> That's right. I just, uh, my roommates just watched uh, Flushed Away like a week or two ago. Oh, fun At movie. the end of Flushed, Flushed Away, you know, there's the, the giant wave in the sewer that's so, supposed to destroy the town, but they end up freezing it and save the day. Spoiler alert, I guess, for <laughs> Flushed Away. Thanks, like Nate. A, like <laughs> See, when you 18 were year old movie. Nate, when but, you were talking about um, being stranded at sea, I was thinking of. Uh, I think it's called Into the Heart of the Sea or Heart of the Sea, I think, uh, with Chris Hemsworth, right? Where they're all strange. And Spider-Man. Tom Holland's also in that movie. Are you kidding? Is he, is he really? Yeah. He, oh, he's, I, the, he's baby. The, yeah, the kid. I did not know that's before Tom Holland was big, and so I didn't even know who he was when I watched it uh, at the time. But unfortunately, they have to eat uh, people in order to, <laughs> to stay alive on, their, the sea. on their, their boats. So Some things not never terrible, change. Terrible. But, Going back to Flushed Array really quick, yeah, so like right before, right after they freeze the the tsunami from crushing their mice town, there's a surfer guy that had his board and was all ready, but then he saw it was frozen and he was like, oh, dang it, even though everyone else is cheering, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clever. That's a clever little little clip in there. All right, Christian, what do you got? So for me, I was thinking tsunami, but then I thought, hey, surf. And then I was thinking tornado, but then I'm like, well, if it's a quick death, you know, it's chill. Oh, well, it's not chill, but it's, <laughs> it's less. Chill. I died fast. It's it's less less painful, I should say. Mm-hmm. Not not chill. Um, I think though, an earthquake would be pretty bad, because especially if you're in the city, which is why I, I will never be living in a city, for for one of many reasons. One being, if there's an earthquake and they're uh, in like a New York or L.A., I mean, buildings falling on top of you, you could be stranded and stuck like underneath just you know, mounds and mounds of concrete with no way of escaping. And I'd get wicked claustrophobic. My mental psyche would probably break before my my physical body. So it, it would just be, I think, terrible to be stuck uh, or, or die by an earthquake because I, I think it has potential to be maybe a little longer, longer term yeah. uh, in, in the death. Now, you also could just have a building fall on top of you or like in 2012, remember the billboard just smashes the the... The newscaster, <laughs> right? So no, that, that's that's in day after tomorrow. Oh, excuse me, you're right. Day after tomorrow, Very but, uh, they all blend together. <laughs> they all blend there. Yeah, they all blend together. So, uh, there, there's the chance there, but I just would not want to be like stuck under mounds of concrete, can't get out, starve to death. Oof, terrible, terrible, that's terrible. True. Traps your legs and your arms, and you're just stuck. oh yeah, can't move, and you just starve to death. Yeah, see, that would be my little nightmare that is the worst thing in the world yeah but yeah so on that gloomy <laughs> note uh those are our least uh 
favorite natural disasters. And there's, maybe maybe there's we time. should say what's the worst natural disaster, not our, our least favorite. Because oh, okay. yeah, let me yeah, tell yeah. you about my favorite, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. What's the worst natural disaster? Again, it's all subjective, but yeah, there's not really a quote favorite. They're, 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 they're all a disaster. They got that in the name. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you have a, a natural disaster that you think is worse, let us know, um, and we'll move on from our, our gloomy point. There is a connection, though, obviously, to the, to the question and, and what our topic is for today. So we'll, we'll point it out later. Anyways, yeah, that's our opening question. It's time to move on to revealing the quote from last week. Yeah, so uh, that was from another Tom Cruise uh, flick, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, or lived, I repeat. Or lived, or I repeat. For some, the DVD lived, people out there, because that's the what they market it as on the the DVD for some reason. But anyways, yeah. Um, so obviously connected because it's Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise is in Top Gun. But then also this thing with time. You know, you don't have a lot of time, and they don't have a lot of time on the mission uh, to finish it off. So the ra- the rain was no good for the mission there. The rain was no good for the mission. <laughs> Tom Cruise had to pee his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, connection there. I didn't even see the time one. I just more thought Tom Cruise. I came with that but, one on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I think, and that's actually, I think that's one of our favorite movies to to go back and watch. It's a fun sci-fi flick. One of the the more well done sci-fi flicks of the past twenty years, I would imagine. It's probably one a top ten favorite movie of mine of all time. So, wow, it's just a jolly good time. It's just a fun time, and you, you always get that joy when you go back and watch it. Yeah, and it's, it's got the humor. It's got the action. We'll talk about it someday. So, Anyways, that is uh, the quote from last week. We're going to move on to playing the quote for this week. Oh, oh, Mr. Burns. Thank goodness I was just starting to get scared. I've lost everyone. I... Oh, my eyes. My eyes. All right, that is the quote for this week. We will play it once again at the end of the podcast and reveal it at the beginning of the next episode. We're moving on, though, to our next segment, which is talking about Miss Marvel. This week, we're talking about Miss Marvel Episode 4. What are your guys' thoughts? Oh, yeah. This one is just a tough one for me to swallow. Um, I, it was, I, feel, I feel like getting a little better episode by episode within the first three episodes, not to say that it was great by, by any means, in, in my opinion. And I don't know, I just have a really hard time wanting to watch this, like turning on the TV, go on, going on to Disney Plus and watching it. I, I, just, I just don't care to watch it. And, and sadly, episode four kind of reinforced those feelings. I watched it and uh, there's just no really compelling aspects of this episode that I was stoked about. You have... Uh, the the knife dudes coming on in and trying to red dagger yeah, the red daggers uh coming in and i mean she meets her or doesn't meet but it goes to pakistan and gets together with her grandmother and then the bad dudes the clandestines come on in and and they're trying to you know take her out but it, it, i don't know i felt like it just jumped really fast i didn't feel like things were very connected in this episode at all and just even though there was maybe some action sequences, like there was a little bit of fighting and there was some, some car chases, I just didn't, didn't really care for it. And I just felt like it's not really moving the story along in, in a way that's compelling. It might be moving along, but it's not really compelling. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think this is the one that really broke it for me. I'm like, oh, they really don't have any story that they're trying to accomplish here. They're just trying to, uh, to show off culture. And you know that's a wonderful thing. But if you're looking to get a superhero show 
uh, this isn't going to be it. Um, I think the issue, well, multiple issues for me. One, she doesn't have anything driving her. Like, there's nothing she's overcoming. There's no problem that's happening. She's just kind of like, oh, I'm just like a teenager. And this, like, it, there wasn't anything that said she didn't like her culture. There wasn't anything that was like, I need to repair my relationship with my mom or anything. It's just, she's just kind of going through all these motions. And it's just really random. Like, all the events, like, yeah. meeting, like, having, like, dinner with all the, uh, like, the Red Dagger Kareem and all his friends. It was like, what is that? What is that for? Like, she doesn't learn anything there. She doesn't develop a relationship that it doesn't do anything to the story. Play, it just happens. They're just playing guitar around the the campfire. <clears throat> and then she comes back. Oh, you were hanging with your cousins. And she's like, yeah. Well, the cousins are totally non-existent. They, they brought her into the city and then she went and found the red daggers. And now she didn't care about the cousins anymore. I just feel like it's all like just kind of random and, and her family has no idea what she's doing. And like, yeah. you don't know how long she's supposed to be there for. They're just going on a visit. Like, What's what's and going I, on? And I love the red daggers or the guys like, hey, when you're ready, we can talk about this. It's like, yeah, just take your time, like enjoy the city. Like we don't need to worry about any. But then as soon as they come back, he's like, this is what we think. And they don't do any. Exp Sorry, just the red daggers. I have a really big issue with because this episode is like this seems supposed to be like the second or the third episode, not the fourth episode where it's these random characters. We introduce another love interest. Now she's got three boys that she's got to try and figure out. And I'm just like. Ah, man, this is just, it's not, not very well put together. They were, the red daggers were rushed. They're like, hey, we're here. Well, first Scream's attacking her, and you're like, oh, actually, no, come with me. And now we're going to ex explain things, but really, we don't explain things. And now, all of a sudden, the clandestines are attacking. What? You know, it's just, yeah, I just feel like yeah. kind of a, what is going on here? I think the, the red daggers are kind of put in there more for, for exposition to, to give some, yeah. oh, this is what's kind of happening to, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I guess to add the quote-unquote superhero elements of the show of here is actually more, this is more cosmic than, oh, you're just a teenage girl. But fun fact, the guy that plays Kareem, it's the same actor that plays Bean in Ender's Game. Because I'm like, why does he look so familiar? Ah, <laughs> I was like, what is he from? That's the other thing, though, with it is he's... <laughs> Uh, you can, I think they're, doing an, they're, gonna, they're building up to another spinoff because Red Dagger is uh, a, a, like a... Not not as big of a hero in the MC or the Marvel comics, but the also a yeah, hero. So part of the comics, yeah, part of the comics. So he'll be there. Um, poor Walid, like you know, his like weird mentor guy just shows up, says five lines of dialogue, whoops, butt, and then just dies. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, if they had introduced him in the second episode, the Red Daggers are there, then it would mean something when he dies. But it says just like, oh no, Walid, oh. he he's gone. We we can't. Run. I don't know. You, you know who I felt for, I think, uh, the most in this was the poor man whose drink, he had all the drinks on the truck and then Kamala steals the oh, truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, boom, there goes his livelihood. <laughs> like, well, he's toast, man. If, if, if that was his business, he's losing money. If that was his job, he's fired. So you see that that's the one time damage control should actually come in. It's for that guy. That's yeah, why damage for him, control exists. Exactly. We're, we're looking, that was the looking out for the little guy here. That was actually the funniest scene for me because they split up, you know, uh, Kareem leads off one of the bad guys and she gets in the car and you're like, oh, okay, looks like we're going to have a little more of like a car chase. We had a bit of one. I guess they're going back in the cars. And she goes and just drives the car to ram the guy chasing Kareem. 
and then they get out and start running again. And I'm like, wait, why did you even get in the car? Like, what was the whole point of stealing the car? You drove it 20 feet to ram another guy, and <laughs> you ruined this guy's life just so you could. I don't know. It's just, I'm like, come on. We, we couldn't think this through more, Marvel. You know, I'll be honest. I really did not like the car chase sequence at all. To me, that felt very... It felt very like B movie, like just very cheesy, and like this is bad. So the car chase part of the action scene, I didn't enjoy. I did enjoy the other part of the action scene, and I'm glad people died. You know, like yeah, some, I was yeah. people, people died. Like died, I'm yeah. like they they killed two of the clandestines, and then mentor guy died, which was a little sad, but not really sad. But people died, and sometimes it's good when people die in shows because that means there's consequences. You know, or, yes. or, or some stakes of not everybody makes it out alive and the bad guys aren't actually good. So I did enjoy that in the action sequence and you'll get some, get some, I guess more, I guess I should say more indefinite murder in the MCU. Cause I just feel like they really don't show like people are like, Oh, like you get hit by that. Be like, Oh yeah. Captain America threw his shield through that guy. Like, yeah, he'd be dead. But it's like, Oh, you know, it's Marvel. He's not actually dead. He's just on the ground. Injured, and I guess, I guess in Multiverse of Madness, people did die, which was the good part of Multiverse of, of Madness. A lot of people. Go check out our episode on that. I don't but hurt people. I don't kill any... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I think back to maybe one of the few good points of Falcon and, the, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I did not enjoy at all, but was, uh, you know, John Walker when he decapitated the dude. Now, you guys are probably listening to me like, oh my gosh, these guys are... Nuts! They just love death. It's like no, no. It's it's not no. about the death. It's about this. It's really just about again the stakes, stakes, right? It's uh, there's there's something behind it, and like, not everyone can live, and there's there's consequences for actions. And hey, John Walker, boom, decapitates a dude. All of a sudden, it's like, oh wait, this just feels a little more real, right? And right, ugh, I have I have to say one thing that really bo- we really bothered me after saying all these other things that really bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, the clandestines escaping from the prison, right? Oh, like, it was so easy. Yeah. It was like a piece of cake, and it's like, wait a minute. If these guys were so good to escape within like two seconds, why, why do they? Why, how are they even caught. captured in the first place? Right? <laughs> they're going along, and then all of a sudden, somehow they they're, they're able to break the the their chains. And it's like, wait, wait, how did that happen? And then they get hit by some beam, laser beam gun, not a laser beam gun, but sonic gun, and that their fights like. Okay, really? These guys are th- this good, and they were able to be taken into custody. And then next thing we know, we see him in Pakistan. Like, yeah, what they got the to heck? Pakistan in like five seconds. Yeah, it just yeah felt all over the place. So honestly, I think the re- the only redeeming thing for me in this episode was actually being in Pakistan. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I-, I thought that yeah. was really cool, a place that we haven't explored really in the MCU. And so we got to see a different place, be in a different place and get a different feel for it. But uh, all the other things just kind of worked against that, I feel like. I do have some complaints of, I don't know, on her, on on the phone, like her grandmother seemed like crazy. And then she meet, you meet her grandma in real life. She's like, no, yeah, oh yeah, we're, we're gin or all this, whatever. Like, I felt that was yeah. a little bit of a two parallel contrast to be like, oh yeah, I actually know everything about what's going on or at least part of what's going on. And I'm like, eh, that feels right. like a little bit too of a quick of a jump yeah and that's what's interesting it's like why why do they even need to go if nothing happens you know it's it's like hey you need to come right away it's like okay what do you have oh nothing you're, you're a gym. like we're chill and she's like yeah and it's like oh well you need to find your answers and it's like well you're lucky the red daggers are there but they were kind of useless and then i just didn't like how i agree with christian i think it was really cool just to to see a new place and and to see pakistan i think what i don't like though is they've been building up jersey city so much like hey 
we're, you know, we're new people here. We got to make our stake here. And, you know, we're Jersey City. We're proud, even though we're like in this area and we have Bruno and we have Nakia and we have everything going on at the mosque. And now we're gone. You know, it's like, actually, none of that really matters anymore. Now we're in Pakistan. And that's where, you know, it's just, it doesn't flow very well, yeah. I think. And too much of a shift. Yeah. Way too much. Too, too like, quick. When you only have six episodes, we complain about this all the time, but when you only have six episodes. You, can, you, you can't spend three episodes in one place and then immediately jump away and expect us to still have, you know, that same connection and affiliation for the characters and, and the place that happened in the first half of the series. If, even if you come back, it's just, it's like doing Stranger Things uh, season two, episode seven. Like nobody likes it <laughs> when they uh, just jump away. Like we want to stay in Hawkins. Yeah, they just they moved to Pakistan so quick. Also, yeah, just like you said, T. Your grandma's like, "Hey, you got to get here." You're like, okay, boom. Next thing we know, they're on the plane there, and they're with the mom and dad. And you're like, "Wait, what?" And they go there, and then she's supposed to find this train, and it's like, it just yeah, a lot of also questions. no consequences for ruining your brother's wedding. It's, it's just she's like, grounded. I'm, that's it. I'm yeah. angry at you, but we're we're chill. Everything's fine. I'm like, really? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I'm saying. I think like. This whole thing, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when we cover Marvel, but I really think this is, they're just trying to move some sort of greater greater story along in, in the MCU as a whole, not necessarily this this story, right? I think you have the the Bangle, which has like, obviously Cree, or not obviously, but I, I think like Cree associations or Cree creations, very similar to the Ten Rings, which I think are also Cree. Remember the, the ring, the, or the Bangle right. was found on a blue guy's hand. Uh, and we're thinking, oh, who's blue in the MCU? Great. Right. And then, so I think there's going to be that bigger picture that they play off of and, and maybe the Kree will be, you know, connected even more so with the Celestials. There'll be secret war. I don't know. There's, there's so many things that they can do. And I think that's what they're, they're trying to push so quickly in something like Miss, Miss Marvel. And it's just not making a lot of sense. So that's kind of, kind of unfortunate. So we'll see how the last two episodes play. That wraps up our thoughts on Miss Marvel episode four. It's time now, though, to dive into our topic. Like we talked about, uh, I guess, a few weeks ago, we covered the first half or the first volume of Stranger Things Season 4. Now we're here to talk about the second half of Stranger Things Volume... Stranger Things four, Season 4, Volume, volume 2. two. Yeah. Volume 2 of Stranger Things 4, that's what we're talking about. <sighs> Gotta show my hand right off the bat. You always do. <laughs> uh, underwhelmed. I don't, I think they, uh, they, 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 they butchered the land. They didn't butcher the landing, but, uh, they missed the mark. They didn't, uh, they, they didn't, didn't stick the it. landing. You know, they're Sting going, the landing. they're boom, doing the triple, quadruple, quintuple flip, band, boom, the landing, they break their leg. Maybe not break their leg, yeah. but they're just a little shaky. I'm a gymnast, kind of I'm a big gymnastics leg. guy. If you can't tell, I know all the terminology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Have you ever have you guys uh, watched a lot of uh, Justice League, Young Justice at all, where Robin talks about being whelmed? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah. you, you Christian, you have brought this up <laughs> okay. before, just, like, okay, just, okay. just FYI. Just, it, all, it always comes to mind. And yeah, I think I'm with TJ. I, I, underwhelmed. I think the big thing, really, Volume 1, Season 7, that was, or excuse me, Season 7, Volume 1, Episode, <laughs> episode seven, 7, that was the highlight, right? That was the big... The, the, the climax where they were bringing the pieces together where you kind of have this aha moment and you have a, the, the background where you see the duel between 1 and 11 and it, it left you on this just incredible high and you're like, oh my gosh, it makes sense now, right? And I think 
yeah, they wanted to go into, we we wanted to see maybe a little more of that and just have a greater understanding of how it's all connected. And this, this volume two just was like, I was moving it in slow motion the entire time. I mean, they're long episodes, eight and nine. Yeah. But actually literally moving in slow motion in volume two, I felt like we were getting a little bit of Zack Snyder Justice League where everything's in slow motion. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, can we pick up the pace? Uh, yeah, I would say Vecna's not going to win in any 100-meter races. The dude walks <laughs> everywhere. I mean, come on now. Let's have a little urgency, Vecna. You're trying to take over the world. The, I would disagree in the sense that I think episode 8 of volume 2 is pretty good, but then the finale is... Uh, they, they don't tie it all together. The finale, I think, is what flops more. Because we, we were watching it, me and TJ watched it together. And I think episode 8 does a pretty good job, or in the sense that... I really enjoyed the character arc with uh, Eleven and Dr. Brenner. Like, she comes out. That's true. She has her powers back again. Dr. Brenner. Uh, I was Still right. so bad. Evil. Dude sucks. Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, all, he's always evil. Poor, uh, uh, the actor's name is Paul Reiser, but what's the, the doctor's Dr. name? Dr. Owens. Dr. Yeah. Owens. Poor Dr. Owens, man. He just, he just gets screwed over. He does. Like, in everything, he's got a, you know? He's a good guy, actually. He's got a good heart. He's actually there looking out for Eleven and trying to help since day yeah. one. Yeah. Now we really don't know what happened. I mean, he, he's stuck uh, tied to the bad government. Yeah, with the bad government guys in, in, the, in the facility. So I'm like, oh, bummer. But I, I really enjoyed, I think, that character arc of not only loving getting back her powers, but like, no, like, I want to fight. I can do this. And then just her, her end confrontation with uh, Dr. Brenner, I thought was, was done very well. Where he's like, hey, I cared about you. Maybe even if I did things in the wrong ways, like, you got to leave me with some sense of peace. And then she's like, no, I won't. And then <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to say, I really enjoyed the moment where she took control of the helicopter and then just smashed that it. That was like, cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, sorry. I, I agree with you, Nate. I think that's exactly... Like, the, 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 the eighth episode was definitely the calm before the storm, right? You know, it's like, hey, we got to pick everything up. We got to get everything ready. Um, because, you know, episode, episode nine, it's all going to go crazy. And so, I mean, we watched episode eight and, and I was kind of okay with that. You know, it's like, ease us a little bit back into Stranger Things, still has some important character development, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to really hit it in episode nine. And I think why, where, why episode eight falls flat is because a lot of things that they were doing in episode eight that you were looking forward to in episode nine, they just didn't hit. I, I think the biggest one, and this is the biggest issue, not the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues, Nancy. End of episode seven, you're freaking out. Like, dang it, Nancy... <laughs> He's going to kill Nancy. How are they going to save Nancy? What's going to happen? And what does Vecna say? He's like, I just wanted to show you, you go tell Elle. But they can't tell Elle. They don't have conversations with Elle. So the whole point <laughs> is like the whole, that, that, whole, uh, uh, that whole instance where he shows her everything, he tells her all this stuff, it doesn't make any sense because Elle doesn't even know. Why does Nancy need to know Vecna's backstory? Like, it just needed, there was no stakes to that. Like, I was left feeling like, shoot, how are they going to save Nancy? Like, I'm really excited to see how they figure it out. But they just didn't deliver. They didn't deliver in episode eight or episode nine with that. Yeah, I will say that the whole point that that Vecna was trying to make was a little minute after <laughs> they weren't able to <laughs> convey anything to L. I mean, it, I think it just kind of shows the type of character that Vecna is, right? Maybe even w without them having to tell L of everything that happened, he was he he was monologuing, man, right? He's pulling a syndrome, but <laughs> right? he's like, "Hey, here's my plan." Or not really, here's my plan, but kind of here's my plan. I'm yeah. showing you the future, and, and this is what happened to me before, right? So got a bit of an ego, right? One thinks he is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? And is going to 
totally wipe out the earth and establish a new order. Um, and so, yeah, he's, you know, egotistical and that's why he does it. So like, I can kind of get that, but yeah, a little, a little bit of a bummer that, well, that was kind of all pointless because they didn't even really tell L. And I, I think one thing I struggled with is, yeah, all the separate stories, right? And then they were trying to bring them together, right? You got, I mean, we talked about this last, or in our episode for volume one, you got the the kids out in California, you got the old folks in Russia, and then you got the others in Hawkins. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll have Elle go into the mind and, and she'll help. And then Hopper and gang are like, well, let's kill the Demogorgon and, and, and then we'll help. And it's like, we're like, really? Is, are all no. those things going to help? And then, you know, Mike and... Mike and the bench warmers are just chilling, holding Mel's <laughs> hand over here. Like, not really. Hey, but he's the heart. You're the heart, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that was was so cringe. I wanted to die. That's that's the worst part of it for me is Mike giving the speech to fight. I'm like, this doesn't work at all. Like, so fight that. Fight. That, was, that was to me. I'm like, just super cheesy, and I'm like, that's that's just that's just kind of stupid. I think it's a bad story, but I'm also gonna knock Finn Wolfhard here. Him. I think he is a terrible actor. Like, I'm sorry, Finn. You did great the first two seasons. You have no chemistry with Elle. Like, I can't see why Elle would love you. I can't see why Will would love you. Like, you do nothing for the squad, <laughs> and you're not charming at all. You're just like, oh, but I'm the heart. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I will say he did much better in the... Yeah, I don't actually... I don't even remember season three now. Like, a lot of it, I just because I didn't like it as much. But he, I thought he did a great job in the first two seasons. Right? Yeah, and, he was. Like, very very dynamic and and yeah he he was the heart in those two and this one no heart right no one's the heart here right just l i guess so yeah yeah i think it's just because in the first two seasons his character is written to have a lot more dynamic with the other characters and ever since season three he's just a lovesick puppy yeah Yeah. that's all he is yep and like i get what they're trying to do being like oh like i was just afraid that you wouldn't like me anymore. You, you wouldn't need me. And it's like, okay, those are, I think that's, you know, justifiable, right? He, he kind of feels yeah, like, a good oh, motivation. I just like showed up and I was the first one to see Elle. And, but Elle doesn't really need, Elle doesn't really need me. And so like, I can, I'm going to see that, but it just didn't feel like it, it carried a lot of weight to this, this, uh, this whole story of, okay, Elle's trapped and now has to defeat Vecna. You know, she's being trapped by the, the tentacle thingies and everyone else is dying. Right. It just, really and that Mike speech is really going to get her there and save her it just yeah it didn't hit and I think that's just the issue with what you know they 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 shot themselves in the foot like in the first volume it's like okay we have these two storylines um which really have nothing to do with Hawkins and all these characters are really just useless like the only one from California and Russia that actually does anything is Elle and that's because you know she has superpowers yeah but it really just hits different when you can't uh you know you can't you can't actually be there to help them like and I, you know, I think Nancy, like when all the, when they show up from California at the end, it's not, it's not like this happy reunion. You're all just like, where the crap were you guys this season? <laughs> you did nothing. Um, yeah. It was just, a, and like ugh, when Hopper shows up, like Elle isn't surprised at all. No one's like really sad or emo- everyone's just like, no, oh, hey, Hop. No, they were, she was pretty emotional. Elle was pretty emotional. She was emotional, but it wasn't like, he was just like, hey kid. And she was like. Oh, she wasn't like oh my god like there was no like oh my gosh how did what are you and then breaks i don't know i just thought that it, was very poor i i think it's because it did it doesn't emotionally hit at all when hopper comes back because like i think for me at least in the earlier seasons of stranger things is you know the kids are doing their thing teenagers are doing their thing the adults are doing these things 
But then everyone comes back and they compare notes and be like, okay, we're ready for the test now. The test being, we're going to fight Demogorgon, Spider Monkey, whatever it is. Spider Spider Monkey. monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Giant spider thing. Um, Mind Flare. Mind Flare. Mind Flare. Or Flesh Monster, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they come together, and then it's like, okay, like, you're waiting for them for all to come together so that they can all piece it together. But in this, like, the only ones that really pieced it together are the people in Hawkins, and then uh, L and uh, L storyline with she's uh, Vecna's one. That's the only one right. that's really pieced together with. Everyone else is basically useless. Obviously, we talked about in Volume 1, California. We don't really care at all. And it's the same goes for the people in Russia. Like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, oh, hive mind, sure, they feel a little bit of pain. But for the most part, their storyline, like, doesn't really add to the fact besides, like, oh, yeah, Hopper's still alive. And I do have to say, I enjoyed the scene where Hopper killed the Demogorgon and decapitated it. I'm like, that's entertaining. But for the most part, it doesn't really add to this whole story of the upside down. And it's like, oh, I guess the, the Russians are doing experiments. But it's the 80s and the Cold War, so they're already doing experiments. And so... It kind of, everything falls back to everything in Hawkins. But then I felt like in Volume 2, they very much flopped on some character things in Hawkins. And so that kind of dragged everything down a little bit more into the mud, which was, I think, a little bit disappointing. Uh, I'll, I'm agreeing with the, uh, I'll agree with you, TJ, on seeing, or excuse me, Nate, on seeing the Demogorgon get in killed by Hopper. I thought that was cool. And actually, I, I, li- I do really like Hopper as a character. It was a bummer yeah. to see that his storyline just really wasn't as connected with the main story and what was going on and wasn't really super helpful. I liked it when, when they flamethrower the Demogorgon and the Demodogs. I thought that was cool. I love that just because those things <laughs> are so annoying and gross. They also, I, you always forget they can freaking take a hit. I mean, the Demogorgon was shot millions yeah. of times and got lit on fire and Vecna also lit on fire and bombs and all shot and yeah. he's fine, right too. <laughs> so same with the Demogorgons. Um, so I, I think that was, that was cool, and uh, yeah, it didn't play a, a lot of the main story point. And now I'm trying to think of the point that I had to bring up, and I totally forgot it. So <laughs> getting, getting lost in my own ramblings here. Let's move on then, I guess, to uh, another point with the character. Let's start. I want to start first with uh, Steve, Nancy, and Robin. So, so uh, uh, we, we were talking about this. I still like the di- the dialogue between Steve and Nancy. I thought that that was one of the better character moments that it held fits. up. But everything else, like they go to the upside down and they do jack squat. <laughs> like sure, they burn Vecna for like maybe two minutes, but they get there. They're getting choked for like an hour. And <laughs> you're, you're like, like dude, how they not? Incredible long they not passed out. <laughs> and this is I gotta say because when they go to the upside down, like those three especially. They look the most BA of all time. Yeah, you know, great. like they're all geared up. Like she's got the she's got the beret. Like Steve's got the axe on his back. Nancy with the shot. Like the, they the just sawed look off so shotgun. Mind the sawed you. off yeah. shot. They look super sick. And then what do they do? Ah, oh, shoot! <laughs> we stepped on a vine, and it's just like it, there was no there was nothing that they overcome. I think this is the issue that I have with a lot of it is in the climax. The only people who actually like are fighting are L. And Max a little bit. Like, Steve, Nancy, Robin, they're just stuck to a, a thing. Uh, Lucas, like, I guess he does fight, like... Um, <laughs> he gets a crab beat out of him, for sure. <laughs> he fights Jason, but him overcoming Jason doesn't allow him to do anything. You know, it's like, oh, I just got to stop Jason so that I don't die. It's not like I stop Jason, I save Max. Um, and then Dustin and <laughs> Dustin and Eddie, I'm like, okay, you drew him off. 
now what? <laughs> like it's, it's not like they were stopping anything or overcoming anything. It was, that's, I think my issue with it is the only ones who are really fighting at the end that really mattered was just L. Yeah. Agreed there. Uh, poor Lucas, man. He gets the crap beaten out of him. I mean, I should also <laughs> probably say poor Eddie too. Cause he got <laughs> be, uh, eaten. eaten alive. <laughs> poor Eddie. I, I loved Eddie as a character. I thought he was so cool. Yeah. Um, he had a weak death, though, in my opinion. It was he just, did have it was, a weak that death. Was not a, that was not the way he should have gone yeah. out. Or they could, they could have done it in a lot better way, because it, it, was, it was a little bit weird. Yeah, de- like, I understand where he's coming from, but it, it wasn't like you could have made this sad, or you could have made this like more of like, oh, I'm a hero, like, I'm actually going to stand and fight. But it was just weirdly done, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not going to run. And you're like, oh, okay. Actually, maybe you still should be running. Like, yeah, there's more. no reason know. not to. I don't know. Like, so, yeah, I get what they're trying to do there. Um, poor idea. Yeah, I did like his character. Just sad to see like his death. Like it was still was meaningful, but just the way it played out. Mm. Everything's so slow, man. Died. They all die so slow. And then like Max, broken bones, eyes. Oh yeah. And then she's still alive, and then finally dies, and then it's like, oh, it just everything is moving so so slow here. And yeah, I think you're you're right, Nate, about just not overcoming anything. Or, or sorry, TJ, did you say that? I'm getting mixed up here today. But yeah. <laughs> people just not really overcoming anything except for L, right? And, and they basically are like all kind of helpless with, uh, without L, right? And they're all trying to play their part and do their, do their thing, right? Hopper's like, oh, we can give the kid a chance. You know, we're going to fight the Demogorgon. Like, it, like, does it really help? Maybe no. a little, you know? <laughs> or it really shouldn't be as helpful as it is, actually, right? And, well, oh, we have to remember, Mike did overcome his insecurity. He, you're uh, right. To be the heart of the game. <laughs> so you're that was right. important. He, he sure did. He sure did. <laughs> Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it was just really hard to, to feel and relate and like feel good about these characters without having them overcoming something except for L and you're rooting for L the entire time. Uh, I think the big thing that I, I would say that was enjoyable about this was seeing more of Vecna. Um, even though it wasn't as, he wasn't as cool as, as I think in the first volume. Right. But I like seeing Vecna a lot cause he's super creepy um and you just kind of hate him you're like oh i don't like this guy he needs to die he's evil right so like you're you're rooting against him right so that's keeping you compelled here i liked how they explored the uh the upside down and we finally saw the connection between as nate says the spider monkey aka the mind <laughs> player and one right we're like Who's the big bad? Is it is it the mind flare? Is it and then you're like, oh wait a minute, one saw this dark mist or whatever. He turned it into the mind flare, which looks like a spider. And I should have like, I don't know how I didn't put that together before. Duh, yeah, it's a I spider, and too. he loves spiders, right? So he was controlling it kind of the entire time, and and it it really wasn't a creature per se, right? Like we saw in in season three, it was a it was just this mist that allowed him to control everything, control the demodogs, demogorgons, and all of that. So I really like that, and they made that connection at least. Oh, I actually, I actually dislike that. I mean, I've, I've said before, like I didn't want Vecna to be the big bad guy, but it, you know, they were kind of leading up to it. I, I think that's okay. I think what I disliked a little bit more is like the hive mind doesn't make sense. Why Vecna gets hurt be, by anything? Then you know, because it's like if the mind flare is the thing with the mist and everything then he shouldn't really be hurt. And, and the other thing is just like the mind flare seems very separate than Vecna. Like 
the mind flayer has this power, has this control, but it, in my mind, especially with the, I think the first season it was, maybe it was the second season, at the end where it shows the mind flayer, yeah. like, and, and it, zooms into his... End of the first season, I think. End of the first season, like, that's where I'm like, this is the big bad. Like, this is really what, like, the danger is. This is a, it's not just this random particles or whatever. Like, to me, it was still a, a sentient kind of force, but it needed Vecna to form it. It needed Vecna to create it, but it's its own creature. And what I don't think I like about how it seems to be is that, oh, it's just Vecna. Like, it's not that the Mind Flayer has a mind of its own. It's just all Vecna. Because the Demodogs and the Demogorgon, like, they're controlled, but they still have minds of their own. So, you know, like, they're off eating people, doing their own thing. But as soon as, like, their master calls, they go. That's, to me, what I thought the Mind Flayer was uh, if they're making Vecna the big bat. But now they're making it look like Vecna is just everything. Like, he's yeah. the hive mind. And I kind of like the Mind Flayer being the hive mind, but the, the Mind Flayer reports to Vecna. I think that works. I don't know, but that, that was just me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think Vecna works uh Vecna works as his villain as a villain in its own right, but I don't love him being the only big bad people like it was me all along. It was Vecna all along. <laughs> yeah. no, but, uh, like I, I kinda like uh, this idea that TJ brings up of the, the mind flare being its own sentient being rather than just oh, you're just like a dog or something, you know. For for the most part, it, it seems like the mind flare what it's kinda changed it to is that's how yeah, it's it's the means to an end for Vecna to use things, and it's he's able to tap into its power to be able to do all these things in the upside down. But I, I don't love the whole idea of like he's the one in control. It's like no, I feel like you more struck a deal, and you may have a little bit more power with with the mind flare because you were a psychic. But for the most part, I'd rather I think have the, the mind flare kind of be its own big bag and be like, this is my universe. I was maybe influenced by you, like TJ said. But it's still the Mind Slayer world is the upside down. And so I'm not the, the biggest fan of Vecna being like, yeah, it's, it's just me. Because like, I, I feel like what they're leading up to is like, oh, we kill Vecna, everything's all good. We've beaten the upside down. And I'm like, well, no, the upside down is still going to exist whether or not you kill Vecna or not. You know, He's just a piece in it or he's one of the biggest cogs in the machine. But the machine's still going, you know. So that's, I think, a problem I have. That's like, we kill Vecna, game over. It's like, no, there, there's more to that than just Vecna, the upside. There's more to the upside down than Vecna, I guess, right. which is my point I'm trying to make. I want to address a couple of your points. So, TJ, I think the reason why he's able to feel the pain of, like, being burned, right? So think about his tentacles that are now kind of everywhere, right, that he's connected uh, in. They're connected in him, and they're not connecting all across the upside down, you know, going into the real world. That's how he has that reach, right? And so uh, I'm guessing, uh, yeah, I'm guessing that, the, I mean, there's dark matter that's involved in those. So that's how he's able to control them all to to go where he wants. And, and because uh, some of that dark matter is in all the vines and is in the Demogorgons, it's kind of also in him as well, right? It's all, all the vines, the dark matter is kind of connected to him. So when the dark matter gets burned, right, from in like in a, in a demogorgon, he feels the burn because some of the dark matter is in him as well. That's kind of my thinking around it. I had to kind of go mm. a couple of times uh, in, in my mind about that to try and figure that out. Um, that's the most logical explanation that I can kind of come up with. Though I like it. That's a, a way that they, at least he, we know why the demogorgon and the demodogs control him or how they are controlled and why they go after right? right so i'm like okay i was i'm glad that piece fit together and then nate addressing kind of your point mentioning oh don't necessarily like how vecna is the big bad 
I, I can kind of get you there, but you have to think there is no mind flare without Vecna either, right? It's just dark matter, right? And that's what he says. It's just dark matter. And then he formed it into the mind flare in the, sh- in the shape of a spider because that's what he liked and that's what he related with. Now, I would very much be okay with, hey, they go season five halfway through the season. Maybe they do like a kind of similar thing like this one where we have two kind of climaxes, even though there wasn't like a great climax in, in volume two. But they maybe like <laughs> kill Vecna first, right? And that's the first climax. And then the second one is this dark matter is still alive and is like going yeah. after him, right? Because it's still there. It was there in the upside down. Uh, and maybe they have to tackle that, right? And that's the, the ultimate right. thing. So maybe they do that. I don't, I don't foresee them going down that path. But uh, yeah, that's, I, yeah. It, could be, it could maybe be a little bit of an answer to what you guys are talking about here. And I, I would like that a lot better because like to Nate's point, I think if Vecna's the big bat, that's way too easy. You know, all you got to do is chop his head off. You know, it's not like, and all you have to do is get L hold him still and like, let's saw it off. Let's not just burn him. Like, let's, let's, like, Steve, use that axe that you brought. Easier, easier <laughs> yeah. said than done, though. I mean, they threw three gas bombs at him, shot him in, with a sawed off shotgun, and threw him out of the roof, and he was still alive. But yeah, it's going to have to be a decapitation. Yeah, that's true. So it's going to be, but it's got to get him uh, frozen first. But I think I just like the mind flare being more because the mind flare seems like, hey, we need, like, this is such a big deal. We actually do need everybody on the team here. We need the kids and the adults and the teenagers. We need everybody uh, together to defeat this because it's such a big thing. Like, we have to do all these moving parts. Where if it's just Vecna, then it's kind of like, okay, we just got to get this guy alone and then the nine of us will, like, beat him enough till he's dead kind of thing. It's like, it, he doesn't seem as, this is going to sound weird, but, like, he doesn't seem that dangerous. Like, he's just, he's really creepy and he's scary. He's, he's but powerful. Like, and he's powerful, but he's more like L powerful, you know, like you see L and you're like, okay, just get a lucky bullet. Like she's super powerful, but one bullet she's gone. The mind flare, you can't just shoot the mind flare. Like you got to figure out the source. You got to do it. Like you got to, there's a lot more mystery and power to the mind flare than I think Vecna has, even though he is powerful. I will say though, I really did like how they connected. Like how, how did this start? How did, you know, Vecna get the power from the bite and they stole the powers from L in season three because i was like oh i never thought about that like the reason she lost her powers is because like like vecna and the upside down literally stole them and that's how they're able to get back into the real world i thought that was actually a really good wait, reveal. wait i missed that i missed that yeah so it was when yeah he was telling the whole backstory mm-hmm. to yeah. 11 and he's like oh like we needed like after he's like oh form the mind players like we just needed a way to get back into the real world and he's like you open the gates at first at first but then you close them but he's like we just needed your power. So with the, the mind, the mind flare or the, the, the flesh yeah. monster in season three, when she it grabs her leg and then she loses her powers, that's one stealing her powers. And that's how he's able to open gates in this season because he stole her powers or her ability to open gates to the upside down. And that's how he's able to start opening up gates oh, for, so from he, the upside down. So he's not able to open the gates by himself even that's weird though because he has the same power as l right they have the same power well, that's that that's the whole thing is l has more power than him l is the stronger one mm. and that's what made that's what's uh i think they're trying to show okay and that was something i really liked. like l is stronger he's he's gotten stronger but she has some stuff that he doesn't have that's, and one of those things is hard <laughs> so he, <laughs> he stole the power and that's why she lost it but then she was able to re Gain that power through because right. so, it was always in okay, her. Okay, okay. So like took some of it. Okay, I'm 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 
just trying to think about that a, a little bit there. Why why then the sacrifices of, of the of the four? Like if he can just open gates now with Ill's power, what's what's with the whole sacrifice thing? That's what I didn't get that. That's the thing. He he needed the sacrifice to open the gate. Ill's power was the one that allowed him to um reach into the world. Um and then so kind of like uh what's the thing? Like L was only able to open a gate when she touched the Demogorgon. Like she had this weird psychic thing with him. Like, but she was but she went to the upside down beforehand. Vecna is able to go to the real world beforehand, but he can't open a gate until there's that like that sacrifice. Okay. A little bit, that Interesting. Blood. Okay. That makes that makes a little more sense, I guess. Moving in though. Sorry. More more character complaints or more ways <laughs> I don't think they, they did very well with characters. I didn't like L bringing back Max to life. Nah, like, no, and here, here's not at all. I think, I, I think Max is dead. So yeah, Max gets uh, Vecnet a little bit, but survives the process. Then she dies. Then L like does like some Neil Matrix things, restarts her heart or whatever. But yeah. then at the very end <laughs> of the season, the gates, the four gate things are still open. So I'm like, that means she's dead, right? Max has got to be dead if the gates have all opened up. Right. Otherwise, the sacrifice was not complete, or or whatever. But I just didn't, I felt like that was a little bit of a cop out of like, hey, like, if you're gonna go darkest timeline, like, you kill Max, like, yeah, there's yeah. nothing left, and like, it felt like a cop out to be like, wait, she actually has a chance of being alive, you know? But it's like, I don't know, I, I just felt like you should have committed to being like, you know, we killed Eddie. Eddie was a new character, but it's like you got to kill one of the yeah. main cast to be like, hey, there's stakes to this. Like, there's too many right. characters. Like, we're in a Game of Thrones situation where everyone's a main character so that's why they kill like every seven characters every like few episodes or something i think yeah but <laughs> what they could have done honestly they could have killed max but then they also could have killed lucas right he could have got shot by the worst character jason. worse than vecna jason jason was yeah. worse than vecna i hated jason more i'm like no what are you doing you are so annoying and he just looked nasty and evil right um yeah like you could he could have shot lucas and he wouldn't have died that second, but, you know, overcome, and then him and Max both kind of die, right? It would have been really sad for all the friends, sad for their sister, but then it's also okay because they die together, and they were boyfriend and girlfriend, right? So it's like maybe a little bit of a consolation prize there. So I'd, I'd have been okay if either, or if they had both died together, but when they just bring back Max again, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, so no one really is going to die. At first I felt like, oh, There's someone's no going to die. Like someone big, and then, oh no, it didn't. First Hopper, she's in three. Oh no, he's alive, right? So it's just like, come on, you guys, you got you got to make it count. Like pull a pull a, a Miss Marvel here really quick and kill a couple of these characters that you've yeah. introduced early on, <laughs> right? Obviously, not as much of a feeling there, but yeah, that was a a, a big bummer for me. I Jason agree. Did, I go for it. Jason did get his comeuppance. Oh, though, finally, he got, he got uh, ripped, ripped, in ripped in half, in half. earthquake <laughs> via boiling lava upside, upside down, down earthquake yeah i wish there could have been a little i wish he could have had a little bit of a better death like where he could have like realized how crazy he was or just admitted to how crazy he was as opposed to just thinking he was a good guy all along like i wish there was something where it's like no man you're insane and then you die um or vecna but, i would have vecna be like oh i'm not gonna kill max you jason kill, i'm gonna kill yeah, you this is and then then he comes to the re- realization he's dead then you can keep max alive and it, it's okay Right, because you haven't broken all our bones, mm-hmm. and Jason gets destroyed, and Vecna accomplishes his purpose. Yeah, I think that was a that was kind of. I think it worked with saying Max is like, "Hey, you can choose me as the fourth sacrifice or whatever." But like, 
And that kind of goes with Vecna. He obviously seems to be playing the long game. Like, he does like <laughs> taking his time. You know, the, the clock chimes four times, but, you know, a long time for the chimes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I can't believe, I was so frustrated that no one died. Like, I didn't want anyone to die. But is Elle the only one who's going to die at the end of season five? It seems really clear that they're going to kill Elle. Like, she's going to die, finish it off. But like, I don't know if she will now. After seeing this, yeah. they honestly might just bring in a different main, a different character like Eddie and be like, Kat, we're going to kill you We'll instead, kill them too. You know? I, that's a Stranger Things motto, you know? Like, we have Barb, we have Bob, we have Alexei, now we have Eddie. So it's just any character you like. I, I just think, but that's just weak. I, I think someone needed to die because then that sets up season five so much better. Like, this is revenge. Yeah. Like, our friends are dying. Like, I mean, Dustin has it a little bit, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't think they built up Dustin and Eddie's relationship enough at the beginning of volume one for them to be like as chummy chummy as they was, as they as, were before as Eddie they died. Was. <laughs> as they was. I also wish Steve had said something to Eddie. Like, I wish Eddie had died saving Dustin. You know, I wish he had done something where he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself yeah. to save Dustin. Yeah. And if there, if him and Steve could have had a moment where Steve's like, Hey, you don't let anything happen to Dustin. Okay, Eddie. And Eddie's like, oh, oh, okay. And then I just, I think that would have been a lot more impactful than just, I'm going to buy him more time. Like, no more running. It's like, well, actually, if you run, you're going to buy them more time. <laughs> it was just not the best. See, I think he should have, they should have had, they could have easily changed this. Like, you know, the, the bats are in the vents. Dustin climbs through. Eddie's climbing through. The bats break through. One of them maybe, like, starts to go through the real world. Through, like, through the yeah. portal to the real world. That's when... Eddie's like, I got to cut the rope. He cuts the rope, then he runs out. And that way, it's more of he saves Dustin rather than Eddie climbs up and he's like, actually, wait, I'm going to climb back down because it's like, I'll save them more time. And it's like, yeah, no. And then they, they got hive minded anyway. So I guess it really, they, their sacrifice doesn't even matter then yeah. that much because then, I don't know. It, it yeah, because no, nothing ma- All we needed, the only thing that mattered out of everything everyone did was Mike telling L to fight. Yeah. Because as soon as L stopped Vecna, like, that's when everything happened. It was uh, frustrating. Poor, poor Eddie indirectly broke Dustin's foot, right? He's like, well, I'm going to cut this. And Dustin's like, nah, I'm going back, right? Where he could have just been like, yeah. you stay here. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. And then like he leaves, Dustin can climb up the rope and not break his foot or sprain his foot or whatever. I mean, and he, man, he had, he had the, the, the brutalist scream of all time. And oh, he, I yeah. mean, he didn't even have his, his bones vecnified. He just, sprained his ankle but he he was screaming bloody murder there <laughs> yeah uh, just weak yeah, sauce missed there. opportunities tj you should go on as an advisor to stranger things and be like hey see this connection boom this is what you can do right because <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's yeah, a really good really good point you may, you are like oh you should have steve say this to eddie and then eddie's like okay and then he does sacrifice himself for dustin like that i think would have would have hit home big time it could have and i think as well just again I feel like they just wanted to break up Nancy and Jonathan in this season. Like, like, yeah, which is really weird because I, you know, Jonathan, I think really was like Nancy's homie G. Like she's the one he relied or she relied on him to, to like, you know, do all of her investigative stuff and like kind of save the town in their own way. And he was relying on her to save their brother. And, and now he's just a pothead and he comes back and he's like, I'm sorry I wasn't here. It's like, yeah, well, you didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, yeah. if as far as characters that did something, Argyle and Jonathan 
did the least amount because yeah. at least Will helped Mike, Mike who helped to help L. L. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, what did Jonathan do? It's like you drove the bloody car. He, he drove <laughs> like, the car. Actually, uh, what's the other? What's Argyle? He actually did more than Jonathan because he's like, yeah, I he know did. where the salt is. Ding ding ding. And, and, I, and found I found the tire, the tire tracks. tracks. Ding ding ding. <laughs> yeah. And he made the pizza. And he made the and pizza. He made the yes. pizza. But he put pineapple yeah, on so, it. So, uh, mm. so actually, we're going to take some points away from him there. But no, I, I totally feel you. Jonathan really didn't do anything. And uh, they're obviously alluding to, yeah, kind of Jonathan and, and Nancy going their separate ways, I think, which I, I, you know, I'm okay with. And Steve and Nancy uh, getting together unless they happen to kill Steve. I don't think they can kill Steve. There's too many people that like Steve. So, but. I think there's just, yeah, a lot of missed opportunity in season two. I watched a lot of different theory videos of what could happen or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, wow, these theories are, are so much more interesting than, excuse me, what actually happened in, in the final season. Yeah. Like there was one where it was showing like, oh, one could actually be the father of 11. The timeline totally works where they're around oh, the same time man. and he was also working in the same places as Eleven's mother, and they could have gotten together and had a kid, and that's why, you know, it's one and Eleven, and that's why she's so powerful and why Brenner always wanted to, you know, mm. look after Eleven. It's like, wait, oh, that would totally make sense. Now, maybe they still could do something like that. I feel like they would have had to have yeah. pulled that now, kind of like an Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi 5-6, where you find out that Luke is the son of Vader. You know, Vader's the father in Episode 5, right? So I think if that was to happen, they could have done it now. So I think that's a missed opportunity as well. And it could have made a connection even stronger. I don't foresee that happening, but I'm like, oh, that would have been so much more interesting than what they did. So the way I like to think of it is I think I feel like the Duffer brothers are very George Lucas, where they have really nice overarching ideas and they have these really cool elements. But executing them, putting them all together in the way that works best, the editing, if you will, they, they really don't have it. Like, because... All this stuff, you know, these these issues in volume one, which we were, you know, willing to sacrifice uh, or, you know, compromise on because episode seven was so good. They just they couldn't pull it together at the end. They needed if you're going to keep Hopper alive, you're going to keep California. Everybody needs to come back to Hawkins like and maybe they're trying to switch it up and be like, hey, this is the season where not everyone comes together at the end. But then you're then you're just not invested on any storyline. And that's, I think, a major, major. Flaw. Yeah. Mm hmm. Going forward, obviously they're they're building up to this giant, giant battle between Earth and the Upside Down. I don't know how it's really going to work out, but I know they they've talked about for season five that there is going to be a bit of a time jump actually, rather than like just a year, like a longer <laughs> time jump. Oh no, the Upside between. Down. We can go hang out for like six months. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it looks like there will be a, a longer time jump, but I feel like th- there's just a lot of missed opportunities in this season to, I think, really add some more weight to be like, oh, there are consequences for these characters you care about because the only people that died are people that were introduced in this season. And it's just kind of like they, they developed more of the Upside Down, which I think I, I did enjoy learning more about the Upside yeah. Down. That was good. But with the characters that you care about, they, they kind of put them in separate storylines that never really got resolved, maybe besides like Al. And so it, it's kind of, I think, in that way, it's disappointing in the sense where you don't get to see the characters team up or, or lose each other in a way that's building up to this epic season five finale. It kind of just like you had all this build up and then you kind of just let it ride out rather than be like, no, we're going to have to bring a hammer down. But if no one has any more thoughts, I think it's time to dive into ratings then. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be t- I think, uh, yeah, I'll be objective. I, I think it's a, 
I think it's a 6.5 out of 10. Um, I think volume one was eight out of 10 solely because of um, episode seven. Like before that, it was below 6.5. But now because they didn't stick that landing, like I just am like, ah, like this was gearing up to be actually like my second favorite season. Season one will always be my fave, I think, because of how perfect it is in so many ways. But this one, I'm like, ah, like maybe I like this one a little better than three, but also maybe I don't because I think they miffed it. So uh, yeah, 6.5 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that in star terms, 3.25. I will say the the episode in volume one, episode seven, that episode, one of my favorites of all time, right? And so it, it, you know, it it pains me when I have to say, oh, because these last two episodes really didn't hit and and there are all these, you know, missed opportunities, it's going to, maybe I'll give it a 3.5. I'll give it a 3.5 stars just because I'll say that one episode in volume one brought it up. For the overall season, yeah, probably, yeah, that, that 3.5 stars and just a little disappointed. And I like it better than season three, I think, uh, a little bit still because I didn't like Billy at all, though I guess I didn't like Jordan either. So both the, the bully, the, the bullies, just they get to me. They're, again, worse than Beckham. So yeah, just, just a bummer. And I'm not like so stoked to see like even season five now. I'm like, okay, we'll see how it goes. But yeah. And yeah, there's going to be the time jump. And so we'll, we'll see. But this one, unfortunately, didn't leave me really that excited to to continue watching another season in the future. For me, I'm still going to give it a, you should watch it. Like, I think there's still, there's fun elements in it. And there's there's moments where you're like, oh, that was cool. Or like, I, I would say there's like cheering moments where, like, oh, I did really enjoy that. But with the kind of the ending and kind of the way it wraps up and kind of leads into it, kind of it just leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. Not like yeah. the worst taste in your mouth, like Rise of Skywalker. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm never eating that again. But it's more of like you're, you're, this is, it's like a meal that you're like it's like it's a meal that you go to a restaurant you always get in it, but you haven't been to this restaurant for like a few years. So you go back and you get the meal, but it just doesn't hit the <laughs> how, same way that how, it how used about this? To. How about this? Infinity War and Endgame. Right, Infinity War, volume yeah. volume one though Infinity They're, War, I think episode. still better in, in, in ratio wise, right? Infinity for episode seven, yeah, just just, just seven. episode seven, Infinity War, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy, awesome, and then you get to Endgame, and you're like, oh dang, right? And that was this, this is the big oh in volume two, just ugh, didn't didn't happen mm-hmm. like we wanted it to. There still could be some hope. Like I said, I had no hope for this season. I thought we were done. But they managed to surprise and they managed to entertain. So they do have it. And maybe five could blow us out of the way. Like, that's the thing about it. it. Like, if five is good and they don't mess it up, like, I will tell my kids to watch Stranger Things. But if five, if five is like this, this, like these last two, this last episode where you're just you're like, oh, dang, I'll have my kids watch season one and maybe season two so that they can see that Steve is even better. But at, I want to cut it there. You know, I don't really want to. It's hard to keep going. Maybe and the Duffer Bros have they planned this? So they 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 planned it since day one, so they know the beginning to end, right? So it's it's been in the, the the works for a long time. They're not just making it up as they go. So there there's still that potential where it's like, oh yeah, they've written it out before. So it could be it could end on a really high note. Maybe but we'll have to wait and see. But for now, mixed feelings. That is our thoughts, though, on Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. Our listeners out there, let us know your guys' thoughts. Whether you agree with us or don't, or have a completely different take on it, let us know. Before we wrap up this episode, it's time to play the quote again one more time. Oh, 
Mr. Burns. Oh, thank goodness, I was just starting to get scared. I've lost everyone. I... Oh, my eyes! My eyes! <laughs> that is the quote again, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all you listeners out there. If you want a chance to get a shout-out on our podcast, you can do that by following us on Instagram. That's at Quotes and Stuff Pod. If you DM us guessing the quote correctly before we review it, we will give you a shout-out. If you want another way to reach out to the show, you can do that through Gmail. That's at quotesandstuffpod at gmail.com. And you guys can send in uh, thoughts about any of the things that we talk about, whether you agree or disagree. But anything we talk about, let us know. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next Bye-bye. time. Adios.